0: Chapter 35 of the Junior Classics, Volume 8 Animal and Nature Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sheila Wood. The Junior Classics, Volume 8 Animal and Nature Stories by William Patton. CHAPTER Thirty Five, THE BUTTERFLY'S CHILDREN BY MRS. ALFRED GATTY "'Let me hire you as a nurse for my poor children,' said a butterfly to a quiet caterpillar, who was strolling along a cabbage-leaf in her odd-lumbering way. "'See these little eggs?' continued the butterfly. "'I don't know how long it will be before they come to life, and I feel very sick and poorly.' And if I should die, who will take care of my baby butterflies when I am gone? Will you, kind, mild, green caterpillar? But you must mind what you give them to eat, caterpillar. They cannot, of course, live on your rough food. You must give them early dew and honey from the flowers. And you must let them fly about only a little way at first, for, of course, one can't expect them to use their wings properly all at once. Dear me, it is a sad pity you cannot fly yourself. But I have no time to look for another nurse now. So you will do your best, I hope. Dear, dear, I cannot think what made me come and lay my eggs on a cabbage-leaf. What a place for young butterflies to be born upon! Still you will be kind, will you not, to the poor little ones? Here take this gold-dust from my wings as a reward oh how dizzy i am caterpillar you will remember about the food and with these words the butterfly drooped her wings and died and the green caterpillar who had not had the opportunity of even saying yes or no to the request was left standing alone by the side of the butterfly's eggs a pretty nurse she has chosen indeed poor lady exclaimed she and a pretty business i have in hand why her senses must have left her or she never would have asked a poor crawling creature like me to bring up her dainty little ones much they'll mind me truly when they feel the gay wings on their backs and can fly away out of my sight whenever they choose however there lay the eggs on the cabbage leaf and the green caterpillar had a kind heart, so she resolved to do her best. But she got no sleep that night, she was so very anxious. She made her back quite ache with walking all night round her young charges, for fear any harm should happen to them. And in the morning says she to herself, "'Two heads are better than one. I will consult some wise animal upon the matter, and get advice.' How should a poor crawling creature like me know what to do without asking my betters?" But still there was a difficulty. Whom should the caterpillar consult? There was the shaggy dog, who sometimes came into the garden, but he was so rough. He would most likely whisk all the eggs off the cabbage-leaf with one brush of his tail. There was the tom-cat, to be sure, who would sometimes sit at the foot of the apple-tree. "'basking himself and warming his fur in the sunshine. "'But he was so selfish and indifferent. "'I wonder which is the wisest of all the animals I know,' sighed the caterpillar in great distress. "'And then she thought and thought, "'till at last she thought of the lark. "'And she fancied that because he went up so high "'and nobody knew where he went to, "'he must be very clever.' and know a great deal, for to go up very high, which she could never do, was the caterpillar's idea of perfect glory. Now in the neighboring cornfield there lived a lark, and the caterpillar sent a message to him to beg him to come and talk to her, and when he came she told him all her difficulties and asked him what she was to do, to feed and rear the little creatures so different from herself. PERHAPS YOU WILL BE ABLE TO inquire AND HEAR SOMETHING ABOUT IT NEXT TIME YOU GO UP HIGH, OBSERVED THE CATERPILLAR TIMIDLY. THE LARK SAID PERHAPS HE SHOULD, BUT HE DID NOT SATISFY HER CURIOSITY ANY FURTHER. SOON AFTERWARDS, HOWEVER, HE WENT SINGING UPWARDS INTO THE BRIGHT BLUE SKY. BY DEGREES HIS VOICE DIED AWAY IN THE DISTANCE, TILL THE GREEN CATERPILLAR COULD NOT HEAR A SOUND so she resumed her walk round the butterfly's eggs nibbling a bit of the cabbage leaf now and then as she moved along what a time the lark has been gone she cried at last i wonder where he is just now i would give all my legs to know and the green caterpillar took another turn round the butterfly's eggs at last the lark's voice began to be heard again the caterpillar almost jumped for joy and it was not long before she saw her friend descend with hushed note to the cabbage-bed. "'News, news, glorious news, friend Caterpillar,' sang the lark, "'but the worst of it is you won't believe me.' "'I believe everything I am told,' observed the Caterpillar hastily. "'Well, then, first of all, I will tell you what these little creatures are to eat. What do you think it is to be? Guess!' dew and the honey out of flowers i am afraid sighed the caterpillar no such thing old lady something simpler than that something that you can get at quite easily i can get at nothing quite easily but cabbage leaves murmured the caterpillar in distress excellent my good friend cried the lark exultingly you have found it out you are to feed them with cabbage leaves (gasps) never said the caterpillar indignantly it was their dying mother's last request that i should do no such thing their dying mother knew nothing about the matter persisted the lark but why do you ask me and then disbelieve what i say you have neither faith nor trust oh i believe everything i am told said the caterpillar nay but you do not replied the lark You won't believe me even about the food, and yet that is but a beginning of what I have to tell you. Why, Caterpillar, what do you think those little eggs will turn out to be?" "'Butterflies, to be sure,' said the Caterpillar. "'Caterpillars!' sang the lark. And you'll find out in time." And the lark flew away, for he did not want to stay and contest the point with his friend. I thought the lark had been wise and kind, observed the mild green caterpillar, once more beginning to walk around the eggs. But I find that he is foolish and saucy instead. Perhaps he went up too high this time. I still wonder whom he sees and what he does up yonder." "'I would tell you if you would believe me,' sang the lark, descending once more. "'I believe everything I am told,' reiterated the caterpillar with as grave a face as if it were a fact then i'll tell you something else cried the lark for the best of my news remains behind you will one day be a butterfly yourself wretched bird exclaimed the caterpillar you jest with my inferiority now you are cruel as well as foolish go away i will ask your advice no more "'I told you you would not believe me,' cried the lark, nettled in his turn. "'I believe everything that I am told,' persisted the caterpillar. "'That is—' and she hesitated. "'Everything that it is reasonable to believe. "'But to tell me that butterflies' eggs are caterpillars, "'and that caterpillars leave off crawling and get wings, "'and become butterflies? "'Lark!' You are too wise to believe such nonsense yourself, for you know it is impossible. I know no such thing, said the lark warmly. Whether I hover over the cornfields of earth or go up into the depths of the sky, I see so many wonderful things, I know no reason why there should not be more. Oh, caterpillar, it is because you crawl, because you never get beyond your cabbage leaf. THAT YOU CALL ANYTHING IMPOSSIBLE.' "'Nonsense!' shouted the Caterpillar. "'I know what's possible and what's not possible according to my experience and capacity as well as you do. Look at my long green body and these endless legs, and then talk to me about having wings and a painted feathery coat. Fool!' "'And fool you!' cried the indignant lark fool to attempt to reason about what you cannot understand do you not hear how my song swells with rejoicing as i soar upwards to the mysterious wonder-world above oh caterpillar what comes to you from thence receive as i do upon trust that is what you call faith interrupted the lark how am i to learn faith asked the caterpillar at that moment she felt something at her side she looked round eight or ten little green caterpillars were moving about and had already made a show of a hole in the cabbage leaf they had broken from the butterfly's eggs shame and amazement filled our green friend's heart but joy soon followed for as the first wonder was possible the second might be so too Teach me your lesson, lark," she would say. And the lark sang to her of the wonders of the earth below and of the heaven above, and the caterpillar talked all the rest of her life to her relations of the time when she should be a butterfly. But none of them believed her. She nevertheless had learnt the lark's lesson of faith, and when she was going into her chrysalis grave she said, I shall be a butterfly some day. But her relations thought her head was wandering, and they said, Poor thing. And when she was a butterfly, and was going to die again, she said, I have known many wonders. I have faith. I can trust even now for what shall come next. End of chapter thirty five. Recording by Sheila Wood.